Hey all, my name is Will Lahardy and you're listening to Texas Tasty's 512 Degrees, the podcast where we chat with artists and influencers about their lives and careers. During today's episode, you hear a conversation with our guest, followed by a finishing lightning round of rapid fire questions. Uncommon is a golf brand that is revolutionizing the game on the course and beyond. What began as an idea of how to make golf more accessible has grown into a business that is changing the way people perceive and play golf. Please welcome today's guests, Uncommon Zone, Joe Green, and Jonathan Cantor. All right, Joe and Jonathan, welcome to 512 Degrees. How are y'all doing today? Good how are you? Doing good myself, doing good myself. Thank y'all so much for coming on with us. I typically start every episode by asking the question, who are y'all and what do you do? My name is Joe. I live in Utah and I'm a dad. I am a businessman. I guess I call myself an athlete. I do a lot of different sports. And what do I do? I try and have fun every single day. As Jonathan will tell you, I'm, I'm actively looking for something uh, to engage in my fun level, keep it high every single day. So short and sweet that. Yeah, I'm Jonathan and uh, I try to emulate everything Joe does. Uh, <laughs> He got me into golf and ruined my life. And then we decided to start a company together. So we've been on this journey at Uncommon for three years-ish now. Yeah, just super fun, passion-based project, a bunch of friends. So our backgrounds are a little bit like, you know, centered in outdoors and action sports and all of that stuff. And we just saw an opportunity to bring that kind of flavor and style and, and brand into golf that didn't exist. And that's what we're working on with Uncommon. So what makes Uncommon Golf different from other golf companies and, and golf brands? What makes y'all different? Really what we believe in is like the power to connect people is through the brand. Maybe uh, the product is the expression of the brand, but uh, it is more powerful than a product. And, you know, we looked at all golf brands and we were really inspired by like the young and up and coming brands like a Seamus um, or a Metalwood or a Malbin, you know, and we looked at all golf balls and it felt like when you go to buy a golf ball, felt like you were buying an auto part. Like all they talked about was performance and it didn't feel like any of us wanted to wear a Titleist shirt or a TaylorMade shirt or j just didn't connect with it, you know? So really the difference in, in uh, Uncommon is the brand and, and how we are positioned in, in, in the golf market. Uh, Uncommon is about self-expression. It's about fun. Uh, we're never gonna sponsor a PGA Tour player. We all like to score and we all like to progress in our golf games, of course, but you know, uh, it's more about like enjoying it. It's about like being on an 18th fairway in July. This is sounds very romantic, but like walking with your buddies, with your bags in your back on a sunset night and just like looking around and going like, this is absolutely incredible and really enjoying the moment. And Uncommon is about self-expression, differentiation. We built our brand ethos from a guy uh, who was inspired by a guy named Mo Norman, who was known as being um, a little bit of an outcast in the golf world. You know, he was prolific in the like 60s and 70s uh, where, uh, you know, the golf persona was very cookie cutter and society frowned upon being different. And he would show up at these tournaments in ratty clothing and he would hit nine iron off the tee and driver into greens and everyone thought he was absolutely insane. The guy was a genius. Uh, he hit more golf balls than anyone ever. Um, he was known for putting on clinics and hitting 1,500 golf balls and all of them landing in like a 30-yard radius. And like, we fell in love with this dude and we we're like, okay, can we bottle his DNA and kind of use that as our expression for being different in the industry. And that's where the name Uncommon came from. And throughout our brand, there's all these little hits that kind of pay tribute um, to Mo Norman. So uh, that's how we're different. 
I'm curious because I, I I did some research. You you have a, a variety of products under the uncommon sort of un, under the uncommon umbrella. What are what are some of your products? Describe those to me. We started off as a golf ball company, and then we had you know kind of a slew of accessories with some hats and some. We recently did a really cool T-shirt with Mate, um, who's a, a really good friend of the brand. His name is Ray out of, out of Queens. As Uncommon evolves into kind of a self-expression like Jonathan was just talking about. Really, the, the sky's the limit. And, you know, we, we, we love our life outside the golf course. And, I mean, who knows where Uncommon is going to land? I mean, we might start to, start to do beverages or food or more golf stuff. Or we, we don't really have like an endpoint game for, for Uncommon. And so I think we will always be touching golf. But to answer your question, what other products we're going to live in and where – or uncommon, you know, what, what category uncommon is going to live. And I think that the sky's the limit. I mean, this thing might, you know, kind of uh, blossom into skateboarding or uh, who, who knows where it's going to go. I mean, the sky's the limit. And I, and I, oftentimes I see a lot of golf brands in this space really limit themselves to one category, whether they're doing clubs or, or shoes or something like that. And, you know, we're, we're, everybody on the team is a very diversified individual. And I think that we can, uh, we can have uncommon represent that. So really the sky's the limit to answer your question. We, we don't know, and we hope it just goes and grows fingers and just kind of goes into everything. What makes your golf ball different from others on the market? So it's really hard to differentiate a golf ball, right? A golf ball, it's like, it's like a cheeseburger, right? There's like a bun and, uh, and meat and cheese and maybe lettuce and tomato, but like the quality of that lettuce and tomato and the composition of it like makes a massive, massive difference in the performance. Um, so we spend a lot of time on the materials and we want to differentiate not only like with the performance of the golf ball, but also with the experience, with the user experience when they open a pack of our balls. So one of the things we asked were like, why do all golf balls come in a square box, right? And the answer is because it like needs to sit on a shelf at retail, right? And kind of conform to everyone else. We're never going to sell, actually, we sell a little bit of retail, but we will never sell in a big box retail store where you need that. So when you get our balls, they come in a tube and inside the tube, there's a silk microfiber bag that comes in instead of a bunch of plastic or a bunch of cardboard that you waste. So all our materials are eco-friendly. Um, and, you know, you kind of really get a feel for the brand when you hold our product in your hands. It's very premium, although our price points are like kind of mid to lower entry level. So you know, I would say like we try to differentiate on every level, performance, brand, uh, design, look and feel, who the ball's made for. When did the idea for Uncommon come about? Like when, when, was, that, when was that first uh, conceptualized, I guess, the, the idea to, to make Uncommon Golf as a brand? I love telling the story. Jonathan had started thinking about this long time before we actually had a golf ball in our hand. And it was funny because we were playing a, a, a course in, in between Salt Lake City and Park City. And uh, Jonathan loves to lose golf balls. He's an ideal customer when it comes to a golf ball company. And I remember he was on a tee box and put a couple. I'm, little, I'm of, the only one that's allowed to say I'm our number one customer. <laughs> <laughs> he put a couple balls out of bounds and he kind of looks back at me for a swing tip. And I think I referred him to, you know, go get a lesson or go throw his stuff in the trash or go get a beer or whatever. And he's like, I think I'm just going to get on Amazon tonight. I'm just going to order like a million golf balls. And I'm just going to, you know, then. Then there, there's no cost associated with it. And I don't really care about it because they're so freaking expensive, you know? And, and I jokingly, I was like, well, you should just, uh, you should just start up your own golf ball brand joke, jokingly. And what I hadn't realized was he had filed for a patent. He already had a couple people 
on the team assembled and signed off and sealed, ready to go. Um, some of them were already my friends, ironically. <laughs> um, and so uh, John, it was John's kind of baby from the beginning and I got looped in uh, based off that conversation. So what was Uncommon Golf like in its initial phases, I guess? I think day one, we thought we were geniuses. Day two, we thought we were morons. Day three, we thought we were brilliant. Day four, we thought we were like dumbasses. <laughs> um, no, just joking, but like that's kind of how it goes with these 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 ventures. Um, so the big question was like, can we produce a quality product that like makes sense and we could stand behind and all of that stuff? So that was an exploration of, uh, and this was during the very early stages of COVID. We sampled a lot of product too. That was something too that looking back, uh, we sampled a lot of product and we gave them to players everywhere from PJ teaching pros to weekend warrior guys. I mean, the sampling process was, was fairly long to be honest with you. So to answer some of that question, it was, it was a lot of product testing and a lot of good balls, bad balls in between expensive balls, cheap balls. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, trial and error for sure on that, on that side of the biz. Describe your growth, I guess, describe the journey of how Uncommon has grown since um, in the last year, in the last couple of years. And we've wanted to do this really organically. So we don't advertise, you know, we have like a few brand partners, we've done some collabs and stuff like that. So our growth has been really, really organic and it's been steady and it's been based on refining our product and getting feedback from customers and connecting with customers, like having a genuine relationship with them. We're not a billion dollar business, but like, you know, it's been a, it's been a really great first year. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, how do you hope the company grows in the future? What do you expect to see in the future and in the near future and, and long term as well? well? Well, the cool thing about Uncommon for me is, yes, I would love to be making money every single two weeks and getting a regular paycheck but, from Uncommon. But at the end of the day, you know, I, 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 this term is just beat to death, passion project. I almost, I've almost learned to hate that. It's funny. I talked about it a lot in the beginning. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, like, I'm doing... Right now, I'm doing what I wanted to do with Uncommon, and that's talking about golf, playing more golf, being associated with golf, being entrenched kind of in the golf world, which is just absolutely on a on a tear right now. And I, I talked to people. I went to lunch earlier today with a friend of mine who was thinking about getting into golf and was asking me questions about it. And that's kind of what this is about. I mean, I I want to have I want to have more fun through the game and the game really opened you up to other cultural experiences, whether it's eating at some cool places in Carmel or traveling to different parts of the world. I just got back from Hawaii the other day and played a really cool course that I never thought I would. Um, and that kind of led to an awesome afternoon of like trying these different restaurants who a friend of mine had played there. And so golf really is growing outside the realms of the course itself and kind of uh, lends itself to uh, meeting different people and different experiences and, I know, uh, you know, different different foods and different drinks and everything like that. So I'm, it's, I'm, I'm getting a lot out of Uncommon that I didn't think I would have. So I'm, I'm having a blast with it. Let's say you were in the same room as, as the versions of yourself that five, four or five years ago first founded, started Uncommon. What is some advice you would give to your younger self, I guess? Nothing better than some self-actualization on a Friday afternoon. Well, I really appreciate these questions. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That sounds like sarcasm, but no, it's, it's good to have some like non-generic, um, deeper questions. Like I'll, I'll, I'll like speak to that. I'm, I have a history of being impatient and, uh, overly ambitious. And, um, I would just say be patient and enjoy being, having time with your friends and doing cool things. Cause that's what it's been about for me. Well, uh, 
for me, I would say, you know, one thing that we always start off, there's a, there's a team that we haven't talked about the behind uncommon. There's, there's a handful of us on the, on the team that uh, definitely need, need a nod to the progression of the brand and who we've become. But something they always talk about anytime we get a, on a call is no cool guy shit. And that's something that I learned just from corporate work is, uh, you know, egos come into play. That doesn't really progress anything. It helps you, I, I guess, I guess sometimes it, people think it might help out their mental capacity and thinking they're better, somebody else or smarter, somebody else in the room because of a title or where they went to school or anything like that. But for me, um, a younger Joe would probably need to hear that the cool guy shit doesn't really matter and it's not really going to get you anywhere. And I think that keeping an open mind and trying to learn something from everybody that you touch in a, in a daily aspect is important. And I think that that is something that they don't teach in school that they should, and it's invaluable. And I would definitely like to say that to a younger Joe Green. <laughs> in, in a sentence, how would you promote Uncommon? How would you promote Uncommon in a sentence? Yeah, I would say like high quality performing balls without sharing margin and um, putting money into retailers' pockets, like a typical kind of D2C pitch. And, you know, kind of supporting a homegrown brand that, you know, isn't a public com uh, traded company like a Titleist or TaylorMade or whatever else. And also like, look, our, our, our thing is promoting fun and inclusivity and diversity. And, and like, we keep saying self-expression, like I would just say, go out and play golf the way you want and play four holes, bring 14 clubs, bring seven clubs, take your son, take your father. It's not all about, I think people watch the PGA tour because it's kind of, you know, the most exposure that the consumer gets to golf. And, you know, it's not about the 14 minute pre-shot routine and it's not about the handicap and it's not about scoring. It's just about being out there and having fun and having an outlet. And hopefully every once in a while having those, those magic moments where like you're with your buddies and you're just like, this is really cool. And this feels like where I'm supposed to be right now. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Yeah, our kind of our brand ethos on the back of our thank you cards, it says play your way. And that doesn't mean you need to be in Pebble Beach playing eight to hold, 18 holes, kind of like John said. It could be a top golf. It could be, I mean, sure, everybody who plays golf has seen the incredible explosion of indoor driving ranges, you know, or simulator based indoor ranges, or just chipping and putting in your backyard or collecting golf memorabilia. I mean, Golf is really expanding its footprint outside of, of just playing 18 holes at a really nice country club. It, it can touch everybody. And uh, I guess that's what I had expressed to everybody. Just kind of come one, come all and play your own way. We've reached the final portion of our interview of our time together, which is called the lightning round, which is where I will ask you a bunch of random lightning questions and y'all have to respond at lightning speed. Jonathan, you're first. All right, go. <laughs> all right, here we go. Are you currently binge watching anything? Yes. Hammond's oh thing. God. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Is there is there a new season out of that? Yeah, it just came out maybe a month ago. Don't get sucked in, God. <laughs> I I I was supposed to read the book in high school. I never did, but I was supposed to read the book and it was um intriguing, I guess, from what I didn't read. What's your go-to cheat meal? Cheat meal. Oh, God. Uh, I love donuts. You know, How many would you take down in a sitting? Like four? If it was totally guiltless, definitely three. I'd go maple bar. I'd go fritter and some kind of like kitty shit with sprinkles. You want to get to that point where you're like semi-nauseous? Like you're not going to puke, but you're like, I feel terrible. And I think that's a successful donut binge. True. Maybe a Dr. Pepper in there too. What up? Wow. Jonathan, what about you? 
happiness to me is oh. a, <laughs> <laughs> knows this. Uh, other people like get home from work and they're stressed and they crave a stiff drink. I just want like 15 frozen uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. So <laughs> happiness to me is like on the couch watching Netflix with like, you know, two tubs of Trader Joe's um, chocolate peanut butter cups frozen and just taking them down. What's your favorite golf tournament? I'll tell you, I, I lived in Columbus, Ohio for about 10 years for work. And I, uh, Mirfield Village was a very good customer of mine. It was very close to my house. I was not a member, but I had the opportunity to play there a lot. And so for me, whenever I watch the memorial every year, it's very special to me because I feel like I know that course intimately for all the wrong reasons. I've seen every side of the hole, every, <laughs> every rough, every shitty lie, every horrible putt all the triple bogeys in the world. So for me, the memorial is cool. And they had a president's cup there, which is which was really, really cool to see. So yeah, that's not the biggest one in the world, but a very cool one for me personally. I mean, every every golfer to the master, so I'm not going to go cliche, but I think I really respect what they've done with the waste management. Like the waste management is is like, it is a movement. And the number of people it exposes to golf that aren't golfers, I just think is incredible for the sport. And it's unlike any other tournament. So I think, and I was there this year. So I think I'm going to go waste management. What's your favorite golf course? John, you go first. John, Bandon ban <laughs> Trails. Bandon Trails. I remember I talk about this romantic moment of being on a golf course. Actually, I'll tell you my favorite memory of my life. My best friend who I grew up with, who's involved in Uncommon, is the kid that like we grew up in uh, elementary school or middle school, like throwing a, a like a tennis ball across each other in classes when we were bored and like betting on who would drop it first. And we went and we were in Bandon and we played um, the preserve, which is the par three there. And we only brought seven irons and he hit, and he hit his like 140 yard knockdown seven iron into the sand. And we were like, we were competitive to the point where like we would get in fist fights as kids, you know, like, like literally like brothers. And um, <laughs> he got in the sand and he couldn't get out of the trap. And I have a video of it. I think he sent it to our uncommon text thread, Joe, like a few weeks ago. It's hilarious. <laughs> and he took like eight strokes and is trying to get the ball out of the sand. And I'm like just dying belly laughing. Oh, he was a big baby about it too in the video. <laughs> yeah. And he was like getting pissed off. And long story short, like there's a lot. Of, I played, a, I've been really like, I played a lot of really good golf. But to me, there's nothing like being on a golf trip and showing up abandoned and um disconnecting for a few days and and i, I was gonna i was gonna start to say before i told that preserve story is i have another memory of band and being on the 18th fairway like walking up at sunset and just playing a really epic round with friends and just being like man i'm so lucky i started to play golf and like this sport is so special and you just you don't understand that in, until you're a golfer you know like you just can't you can't understand it so bandon i think one of the mo the most fun for me that's kind of never mind the sporting aspect tobacco road in north carolina um, just north of pinehurst is one of the most incredibly built golf courses i've ever seen the difficulty is is very high the atmosphere that this course like represents is amazing it's just a party and people are sending it and there's these huge barrels full of ice and they have fruit every couple holes in the summertime when it's hot and it's just a super fun atmosphere and you get done and all you can think about is, hey, when can I come back and get beat down again? I had so much fun and now let's go get hammered. So I love Tobacco Road. <laughs> Who is on y'all's playlist right now? 
for me, like if I'm driving and like Alanis Morissette comes on and it's like, oh, wait, what's that song? Um, like ironic or whatever, like I'm going to 10 on the radio on the sound and I'm like screaming <laughs> off my lungs. And after that, I just feel better about my life. Alanis Morissette, nice. <laughs> I, love that. Uh, I have been lately on a big Mac Miller kick. I, uh, I'd like to hear more <laughs> new music from that guy. I'd say it's not going to happen, but yeah, Mac Miller for me lately has been on, on hot rotation. And uh, final question, if not golf, what sport? I think we could probably, let's answer this for each other. Okay, I'm going to answer Joe's. I think it's got to be skiing. Yeah, I think you got that right. It's hard um, between I, fly fishing and mountain biking, but like skiing is the deep, it runs the deepest for you. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, for Jonathan, I've actually never done this with him, but he talks about it a lot and all of our friends that we've been friends with for, like he said, 20 years. Uh, Jonathan, from what I've heard, is a, is a very good surfer. And unfortunately, he lives in Utah, so I don't, get to, I don't think he gets to do it that much. But I think deep down, I think you'd really like to be chilling in Fiji or something for a month with uh, buddies on a big surf trip, hanging out. Yeah. So I'm going no surfing. Question. No question. Awesome. Well, Joe and Jonathan, thanks for coming on to 512 Degrees with us. I really enjoyed chatting with y'all. Yeah, thank you as well. Have a great weekend and uh, hope to see you on the golf course soon. You can learn more about Uncommon by following at uncommon.golf on Instagram and online at uncommon.golf. If you enjoyed today's episode, then give us a follow at Texas Tasty on Instagram and at the Texas Tasty on Twitter. Future episodes of 512 Degrees can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Will Laharty signing off.